Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fox Nomad Podcast. I'm your host, Fox Nomad, Arnold Pollat. I've got a great episode for you today. My guest is Chantelle Patton, her and her Canadian family of five, Canadian slash Swiss family of five, which includes three children have visited over 100 countries since 2013. It's a really fascinating discussion, really fun discussion. It's not often that we have people on the podcast who've been to more places than I have. Well, <laughs> humble brag. Uh, so it was really fun to talk about how the logistics of traveling with a family to all of these places works, how they pay for it, which I'm sure you're wondering, and just some of the more interesting places they've been, where they recommend, and just a general really interesting conversation about travel. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I'll just uh, want to let you know about their YouTube channel as well, their website. It's called Growing Up Without Borders. I will leave notes in the links in the show notes where you can check those out after you listen to this episode. But here you go. Here's my episode with Chantelle Patton. Thanks so much Bye. for working across the time zones, uh, first of all. Um, so no problem. It's um, yeah, It becomes really tricky when I have clients that say, uh, does 10 a.m. work? And in my mind, I'm thinking, of course, 10 a.m. here. And then all of a sudden I have to say, no, actually, no. <laughs> 5 p.m. You know what I mean? It's so weird. I was so confused. I was like, is it Thursday or it's fr wait, it's Friday for you, but Thursday for me. And that's still for some reason, my brain is just like, how I know how it works, but it's still kind of weird. Confusing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, cool. So now that we've finally gotten a chance to speak, um, I, I'm very curious about kind of how you travel, how you travel with a family and multiple kids, uh, something that people say is pretty difficult um, to do, or I, pe probably people who haven't done it, right, who will say that. Um, and you've been to over 100 countries, which is a lot. I mean, th that's yeah. that's a lot of travel. How? yeah. yeah. How does that happen? How do you end up traveling to under countries and in New Zealand? And how does that all work? Oof. Um, okay. So the first <laughs> thing is question. maybe, yeah, I, I guess I'll start with it's not easy. Like if you were to say, oh, it's just so easy. It's it's the honest truth is it's obviously not. Um, it's intentional. You could say it that way. And I think the biggest key factor is the ability for all of us to be very flexible and kind of go with the flow and not have specific kind of like things in mind, like this is what's going to happen and this, cause it's always changing. And so I think the other thing that probably makes it all doable is that we've been doing it for so long that it becomes second nature. So if somebody was just starting out and pulling their kids out into the travel world and they've never done it before, it's going to be really disorienting for everybody. Um, my daughter, even yesterday, so we have three kids. So they're right now 14, 17 and 19, which is crazy. And when we started, they were five, seven and nine. So, so they've, gotten used to this lifestyle it's kind of second nature but at the same time my daughter yesterday said every time we switch homes she said I feel like I'm a different person and I'm like really she goes yeah because your environment changes so all of a sudden now I'm this person and then if we stay in this house then I've become this person or and I thought oh that is so weird and then she also said she sleeps differently in different homes 
And I was like, oh, how sad is that for a child to grow up for their whole life living in a house and they think that they can't sleep properly, but really it's maybe just the house and the bedroom, you know, because she said some houses I, I sleep so good in and others I just can't fall asleep. And I'm like, that is so interesting. But to answer your question, um, we just do it. Obviously, like our work schedule is flexible and that's the key. Um, the homeschool and the school that the girls attend is flexible. So to a certain degree. So everything becomes um, the ability to be living digitally and as digital nomads. Does that so, answer your question? Yeah. So, so when the kids were five, seven, and nine, that's when you started to travel, with, mm -hmm. you know, as a family, how did that idea come about? Were, were you thinking like, have I, I want to take a trip and then it became like a hundred countries or, or was yeah, it actually, bigger? yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. It started off as very innocent, um, very small. So be careful if you're going to do it. <laughs> uh, so we started our five-week trip to Europe, right? So first of all, like we're originally from Canada and we moved to Florida. So we were kind of already doing this kind of remote lifestyle pre actually moving, but we were in one location. So it wasn't like we were moving every week or anything like that. But we went to Europe on this five-week trip and we thought, right, we'll take the kids out of school. It's going to be awesome. We're going to go see Italy and, you know, do the whole Switzerland and France and Spain. And then, um, first of all, we didn't want to go back after that five weeks. So we didn't, we decided to extend, uh, into three months and it kind of just evolved after that. My husband was like, let's just move to Europe. And so we we're like, okay, let's do that. I have two passports. So, uh, Swiss and Canadian. So it makes it very open because then you can get into the whole European union. So that's a huge benefit. Um, and then we just decided to put our kids into school there. And it kind of like led one thing led to the other. We kept taking them out of school and then doing little trips. And then once you've kind of checked off all of Europe, you're like, oh, now we can go here and now we can go there. And so it it evolved into this traveling. And then we got to 80 countries. We're like, we really should do something with it. We should, you know, come up with a business around travel and and make something out of it. And then we were kind of like, away from the US and that whole marketing aspect of it that we didn't realize like how big YouTube was. And we thought, well, we can start a travel channel on YouTube. And then we were like, well, then it's putting yourself out there. Anyway, long story short, uh, our kids were like, we want to do this. We want to do this. We're like, okay, let's go all in. So then we started creating content for YouTube on growing up without borders. And then it's just really evolved into like, now let's get to every country in the world. <laughs> let's showcase the world. So after like 80, then it was like hundred and then now we're at 118. So it's like, it's, I don't know. It just kind of happened. Wow. Wow. So, so you started 10 years ago, right? Am I doing the math right with, yeah, with the kids yeah, ages? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Yep. We got kicked out of school, you could say, like, because originally we would take them out for like two months. And then we would like say we have to go on a work contract. And then all of a sudden we'd be like, oh, it's a little bit longer. So now two months ends up four months, ends up six months. And then obviously they were like, we can't, you can't keep doing that. So that is what pushed us into homeschooling the kids, which I never wanted to do um, just because, well, who wants that responsibility, right? I mean, <laughs> educating yeah. your kids is huge. But then I started realizing like, who really cares in the long run? Like they're learning so much when they're traveling. And I often joke with my daughter who's now 19, she's going to be going to post-secondary school, but she's kind of taking like a year off to travel, which sounds funny. And I told her like, just tell people you're doing a master's in geography, like geography, or tell them you're doing, you know, a master's in history or cause that's technically what she's doing. She's learning all those things. So it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah. And yeah. is, is her interest, I mean, does she have like an idea of which 
major kind of or what to study? Is it? She wants to be a man. She wants to do hotel management. And she mm -hmm. actually, her long-term goal is to have properties in different countries. And then, you know, <laughs> so she's thinking big because she's traveled <laughs> so much. She stayed in so many hotels that she's like, I just want to do that. And she has all these ideas for her hotels. And like, so she wants to do that. Um, it's a four-year course. It's quite long, but she wants to do hotel management school. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hotels kind of still like so many of them are just so basic. You know, even like a really nice hotel, it's like they don't they don't seem to understand how to make them just a little bit interesting, at least in my from what I've seen. You know, you can go to a really nice hotel or like a well, there's like crappy hotels, but like the range yeah. is like you don't you get bigger rooms and maybe cleaner stuff and maybe like a pool and stuff, but you don't I feel like they could maybe there's a lot of room for creativity there, potentially. Especially for digital nomads, I think, and that kind of environment. Um so like, cause our kids, we've stayed in everything, right? Obviously with this much travel, you, you go to everything, but it's really neat when we find those kind of areas that are set up for people traveling and then, you know, they have all the different things around that and it's, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And a good internet, like that, that's, that seems <gasps> yes. to be a must. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. How many times, like, have you traveled and you forget to check the internet before you go? Like, oh yeah. Has I that mean, happened to you? Yes, I I look at the reviews for places, and I specifically I do like a control F. I look for the internet, and I look in the pictures for a desk. I need both of those things. So hundred percent. Yeah, we'll value a desk over anything. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I I won't book a room unless it has a desk. I mean, unless it's something you know short or you know like special. But yeah, yeah. I, I'll look for the desk and the Wi-Fi and. They should have a rating system, which they don't like on booking or whatever with Wi-Fi there. Like you have any stars yeah. in the Wi-Fi. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I know. And then and then in some countries it's just it is what it is. So you just have to kind of go with the flow. But I mean, we've been to so many properties. We we just came back from India um, mm -hmm. not too long ago. And they would give you vouchers for two devices. And we're like, you know. We need more than that. There's five of us yeah. and we each have two devices. <laughs> and then yeah. we had to like fight with them to get it. I was just like, it's the internet. Just give us more codes, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like crazy. So so you, you go to Europe first. Um, and the question I think most people are having now is how do you, like what work, like how do you take your work with you on the road and how do you finance everything? Um, were you, okay, yeah, that's did you switch jobs or was it something you brought with you at first? Yep. We wear several hats. Um, so when we first started, and this is maybe a good thing for everyone watching to or listening to know, is um, always start with your end goal in mind. Like this is the lifestyle I want to have and then work your way backwards. And that's kind of what we did when we were first married, Tyler and I, we were like, okay, this is what we want. And on there, it was travel was one of them. And you can't have a job that's going to keep you based in one location if you want to travel. It just, unless you can wing it that they can, you know, let you work remotely. And so we would only take on that type of work, which meant you turn down certain opportunities, but then it opens up that ability to travel. So that's number one. Um, so we, yeah, we ran online wedding planners during COVID kind of like stopped because there's no weddings. Uh, so that was really hard. Um, but we wear different hats. So I also, we help a lot of companies develop websites. So that kind of keeps us going. Um, and then of course, now our travel channel that keeps us going. So we just wear different um, things we sell and um, 
domains and do hosting and all that kind of stuff. So everything is being done digitally and it allows us to be able to travel and to work at the same time. So, yeah. And so your is your background technical? I, I, I kind of get get that. No, not myself. No, I'm okay. just, um, I'm really good. I'm a people person. And so I do, I'm the face of our company in a sense. So I, I talk to all the the uh, people, but we outsource our whole team. So everyone works remotely, digitally, and that's what we've been doing for the last 20 years. So I have a really good database of like strong clients that I work with and that always come to us. And yeah, they don't, not all of them know where we are. Like I would say 98% of them have no idea I'm working remote. They always think I'm physically there, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And when they figure it out, they actually think it's pretty cool. So that's, that's good, you know, but I've always wanted to keep that separation because I don't want people to think that we're just out having fun and blah, 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 which we do a lot of, but you want to make sure that you keep that professional level between the clients and such. So yeah, that was one of my fears of putting out there that we're traveling on YouTube is that people would then maybe not want to work with us. But so far, so good. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting. Yeah, because I think COVID kind of did two things. One, it made companies, you know, I think workers kind of had that idea already, but I think it made companies, it forced them to go, people can work remote, right? Like if you have, if your job is at a computer, like, you know, whatever you're doing, then you can be remote, right? Like for 99% of jobs that where you sit in front of a computer. Um, but I don't think a lot of people have still taken the opportunity to, to kind of go all in and, and really travel. So it's kind of this yeah. weird dichotomy, right? Yeah, I think some have, and then some uh, people's work have asked them to come back after they've been at home working for so long. And I kind of like, you know, you have to maybe fight for it a little bit to be able to continue working online remote if that's what people have as a goal. I think it would be worth fighting for and proving that you're more productive or, you know, just something to, if if that's an option or negotiating, maybe like some people can negotiate, okay, well, I'm going to take two months and not be in the office and allows them two months to travel where they want to go, you know, especially in the winter months, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that could be an option too. But yeah, I think COVID's definitely changed the the playing game, if you will, and schooling as well. Like a lot of people took that opportunity to say, well, let me try and homeschool or let me see how this whole schooling thing at home works. <laughs> so it, it was a good testing ground, if you will. So, so I think it was how, good. How did you find homeschooling? Like how how how's your experience mm. been with it? Mm. Um okay, so <laughs> I love the idea of like sending kids off to school just because like, it's kind of bad to say, but like, we used to use it as like a babysitting kind of thing. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not awful, but like, it gave us the opportunity like, oh, yeah, let's go now for our coffee. And then we'd go like to the pools and we'd go have fun. <laughs> when you're with your kids 24 seven, um, it's different. It's totally different. Um, but it gave us that freedom to be able to travel. And I love spending time with my kids, but I also, I think it's good to have like that differentiation. So back to the homeschooling aspect of it, like though that responsibility of, of everything, it really depends. Like if you're going to homeschool your kids and just like, you know, not really do much, it's, it's one thing, you know, like definitely don't do that. But uh, there's so much and so much um, like resources that are available out there for people to tie into. There's so many things online that you can use. And a lot of it's like, auto graded and auto taught in a certain to a certain degree that you don't have to as much be a teacher and so I found those systems that worked for us which is absolutely amazing and um, so it kind of 
helped. And then whole fact of traveling and seeing the world and stuff, it's just given them a whole different type of education, which most people would call it like world schooling. And so I think that kind of is far superior than what they would get in a classroom geography class, for example. Um, so yeah, I think it kind of evolved into like, at first I was really scared and didn't, you know, having that pressure and whatever to like, now I just don't care. <laughs> and, and then they also attend now an online school. And again, so like COVID changed a lot of things where they can actually tie into a school. They have teachers and classmates and stuff, but it's all remote. It's all on zoom. And so that works out really well as well. So I think like, yeah, to answer the question, it, you just have to be flexible in what you're doing. Yeah, I didn't know there were online kind of curriculums or courses. I mean, it never occurred to me that there would be such a thing. Yeah, and like one of the um, school systems that we found is utilized in many schools. So actually teachers are using it and then they've opened it up to the homeschool community, which is awesome. So then you're basically getting the same curriculum that the kids are getting in the school system. And there's a lot out there. Like there's just so much available, um, especially in the English language. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, traveling, like you said, I think it gives you ex well exposure to languages, cultures. Like, I mean, and when you go to a place like your geography, like you said, you don't forget like the capital of the wherever country because you've been there you've actually you know th there's there's a kind of knowledge that occurs that's different than if you yeah. haven't been to a place 100 percent, yeah because when you read a textbook first of all I don't know I guess it depends on people's learning skills but like to read it's like really boring right sometimes I mean unless you're into geography and history and stuff but I wasn't and then when you start traveling you see it firsthand and you see how the people are and you get the feeling of the culture and the smells and everything and everything becomes alive and it's just so much more fascinating than you're actually interested to know like how long has that temple actually been there like holy that means they built it that many years ago like all those things that you kind of would read in a textbook but it doesn't really do anything and like you said it doesn't stick right because you're just like oh I just kind of memorized it and that's it but when you've been there, you know, the capitals, like you said, and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And also too, like you hear a lot of people who haven't been to a place have very sometimes strong opinions about why it is the way it is, you know, whatever that is. And mm -hmm. you, you find that when you go there, that things are either different or more complicated. They usually are both. And then, so it mm -hmm. gives you this kind of perspective of how things are, are connected. I, I, I think. Yeah. And I think also like, uh, it's like really hard. Like we, you get a lot of fear around going to certain places because of what you see on TV, what you see broadcasted on the media. Like sometimes when an event happens, not to discard an event or anything, because obviously it's happening, but you often like have this narrow vision of like the whole country is like that, not just this one little city maybe, or big city, but so you, you have this fear around going to that country. And then meanwhile, you get there and you're like, Oh, it's not the whole country that's like that, or it's not every single person that's like that. And then it broadens your, um, your vision or your, you know, you kind of have a different understanding and you, it drops that fear barrier that a lot of people have when it comes to different cultures, languages, uh, looks or whatever. Like people, when you, when you grow up in a, in an environment and that's all you see is like this kind of person, then you have a fear, a natural fear, because everything is different from you. Right. But when you integrate into the culture and you're like there, you're like, everyone's just normal people living their normal lives, raising their families, eating and having fun. Like nobody, you know what I mean? So it, it changes your perspective. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the, it's it's almost kind of boring when you when you tell people that it's like most people are just doing normal stuff. Like you know, around the world, most <laughs> people are just kind of getting through their day. You know, spending time with their family. You know, eating. You know, having fun. Like you said looking for their place in the world is very basic common stuff for most people, you know? Yeah. And it's just in a different way, right? Like very different than what it would be like in the U S and the Western world as to other countries. They just do it differently. Yeah. Very different. Like, <laughs> some people shake hands, some people bow, some people nod backwards, you know, there's all kinds of weird yeah. And some people go to the grocery store and the others go to like a little kind of food market with fish stands and, you know, it's just done differently. Yeah. So before you had taken this European trip, had you traveled much um, um, prior or not really internationally? I get, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I grew up um, in a family that we would travel a little bit, but like not much um, mm -hmm. because my dad is from Switzerland. We would go to Europe. And so I had a bit of that bug in me of travel. Um, and then I lived in Europe when I was 16 to 20. And so uh, that was awesome. And because again, things are close, like going to Italy and France and Spain and Germany, like it was just like a hop, skip and a jump away. So, um, so I guess, yeah, I had traveled already before traveling. So when definitely you definitely had the travel bug. So so you you get to Europe on that first trip, which is extended and extended, you know, with your family. Where's the first place outside of Europe that you go? Or or you know, do you um, let me ask it was it, uh, Morocco. Morocco. Okay. I was just gonna ask, <laughs> yeah, yeah is, it was something nearby and yeah, kind of, yeah. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Any and then reason? we did um yeah. Any reason? Uh, well, we were in the south of Spain. It was close and it was a different culture. And we're like, let's go. Mm -hmm. um, so that was awesome. And then, yeah, then we did Southeast Asia. Then we did Africa. We did 10 countries in Africa. Um, yeah. So. And all the time working from the road, basically. Yeah. 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 And that was really interesting, too, because like the very first time was my first time trying different time zones. And that was interesting. Um, and trying to like just like we were talking about, like the Internet, um, you're talking like this was 2013. So things have changed since then. But for example, certain countries like France, which you would not even think of, I was using um, a phone number. So I have Google Voice phoning, like dialing into Skype, and then I could just answer at any time. Right. But the phone plan at that time in France blocked everything Skype for some reason because they wanted their whatever system they're using to get all the phone calls. So as soon as you buy a package of data, it would like deplete every single thing you used. And then so that was like just little issues like that that you kind of run into and then you're like, then you fix it and then you realize, okay, no. But it, that's the things that you don't realize until you get to a country, right? And then you start playing around so but like I said it's probably way different right now I'm sure there's just data only packages and e-sims and all those things that have come out since then so yeah and and were the kids you know were they like yeah this is cool let's go or I miss my friends or some combination of both they loved it they really loved it um I think everything was so brand new and so much fun and they met friends like they're at they were at that age where it was so easy to just meet new friends um and like the very first uh, encounter was like this Spanish family. And I spoke a bit of Spanish already or had an understanding, but the rest of them were like nothing. And then we invited them over for dinner and like everything, the kids were trying to speak to their kids and like, it just was fun. You know, everything was really fun. Um, 
And then like fast forward now, they're at the ages where friends and boyfriends is starting to matter. And it's just like, oh, it's getting harder and harder because they're like, they want that community. And when you're always moving around, you don't have it. So this is a challenge. I won't, I won't lie about that. That is becoming like, how are we going to, how are we going to do this? So my theory is we just like bring the boys along or something like that. They can just travel with us. <laughs> my husband has a different thought on that. <laughs> and and how like, long? Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, he's not on board with that idea. Um, so how long are you staying in each place? I mean, it probably varies, but you know, is there an average, more or less? It's kind of like if we, uh, yeah. So okay, two answers. We're we're trying to hit every country in the world. So, and we're trying to do it in a certain time frame because my daughter wants to head off to school, and it seems to be like impossible what we're trying to do. But we're we're trying. We're gonna go for it, and um, and then we can kind of slow down. So I would say now we're gonna try and speed things up a little bit. Whereas like in a typical travel, if we like a place, we just stay longer, and if we don't, then we get out faster. And then some of the countries we're going to be going to visit, you really don't really want to maybe stay that long so like we're going to go in and out in and out and then um yeah and then after it's all done then we get to go back to the ones that we really love so that'll be fun yeah. and what what's your what's your account where are you at right now uh so we're at 118, 118 and okay. uh, we have we have 40 let's see we have 43 in Africa to do we have all the Pacific Islands and then just like Bangladesh Nepal Bhutan Japan, Korea, North Korea, mm-hmm. and some of those. Yeah. And then we're done. <laughs> Are you using the uh, the UN list? I think it is. Or do you have another list that you're using? Yeah, the UN UN list. So like, for example, we won't go to Martinique because it's like part of France or Guadeloupe, mm-hmm. you know, so we're, we're only doing like countries, not territories. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting you're using the, the country count because I'm also trying to go to every country and... I started awesome. that a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago. I suppose it's kind of a long time ago. But I found myself that now I just kind of take my time and I go back to places a lot. So um, I have mm-hmm. now recently started to go. Okay, I gotta, I gotta start organizing and you know getting some countries done like off the list. But I, I know because it's so tempting to go back to the ones that you like, right? You're like, can't we just go to Thailand and Turkey again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's hard, and you you kind of lose that the sight of that goal. You know, it becomes less interesting once you've done fifty or I don't know how many countries. Like, you get to a point where you're like, okay, I know I can do this. I've seen a bunch of places. Now I kind of want to go back and revisit somewhere that I didn't stay long enough in or something. Yeah, yeah, and I I get so excited to go back to some of those countries, like you're saying, because. Yeah, it's just more, it's just more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know if you guys structure your travels like this, but when I'm, you know, when I'm on the road or, you know, I have periods where I'm going through like a couple of countries at a time. And so the time in each country is pretty short, relatively Mm -hmm. speaking. And then I'll get to the end and then I'll go, oh, I want to go back to that place because that one was really cool. I wish I didn't stay as long in that place. You know, that kind of stuff starts happening. And then the the count slows down. I know. I know. We tend to do that where we really, like we tend, I don't want to use the word get stuck, but we kind of like, we do, mm-hmm. we, we end up there and we're like, we really like it. Like, and then we all get really comfortable and then we're like, you know, do we really want to leave? But yeah, it and becomes so- hard. What areas of the map, you, you mentioned Africa, is that the kind of the area of the map that is, you know, that you have the most countries missing off of the list? Yeah, Africa and um, 
some of the Middle East that we still have to check off as well. So the Pacific is going to be a challenge because like the islands are further away from each other and like really expensive. It becomes expensive for the flights. So just piecing it all together and then they only fly on certain days and you know, some of the islands, like they're so small that you really wouldn't want to stay a whole week, you know, two days is sufficient because it's literally so tiny. Um, so yeah, it's just like it, Europe and all these other places are so much easier. Right. So we're, we're getting into the ones that are a little bit more challenging. And we met this really cool couple when we were in Turkey way back when, like, I don't know, 2015 or something. And they were like, oh, you know, we we're doing the same thing, but they gave us the advice to travel to all the hard countries first. And I feel like we did the opposite of what they told us to do. And now I'm kind of, I'm happy we did that, but I'm at the same time, I'm like, it just becomes more and more challenging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I try to mix in the hard countries with some of the easier ones. Um, but then there are these ones on the map where I'm like, that's going to be tough. It's going to be a, a couple of of them are going to be difficult, I think. Um, do you have those ones left? I mean, I'm thinking of a couple of countries uh, like Syria. Was, well, like, uh, if, you know, if you... Yeah, if you... Libya, Eritrea, Somalia, um, like, you know, obviously North yeah. Korea, like all these different ones. It's just like, how's this going to like happen? Or will we have enough time that maybe something will change and we can get in even in Afghanistan? Like now people are going back, but we were just at that border with Pakistan and Afghanistan. And if we would have had a little bit more time, we would have gotten police clearance to be able to go through, but we didn't really plan it out in advance um, as we tend to sometimes do. So we, we weren't able to get in. So we're like, Oh, we were all the way there. We could have just like check that one extra one off, but we didn't. So now we have to go back. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough because a lot of the a lot of places like that I find are difficult to go to now. There was a window when I was traveling like five or ten years ago where I could have gone and it would have been a lot easier. And yeah, uh, like Syria pre their pre their mm -hmm. problems would have been and I had met people who went, they said it was amazing. And then yeah, so it becomes a little bit of a challenge, eh? Yes, it's um, it's tough, and I imagine you know you're going in a in a group. It's even more difficult. You know, there's there's five of you, right? So it's 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 um, maybe more logistically challenging. Uh, well, and then people are like, "Why are you here? Like, why do you want to visit our country?" You know, it becomes like, yeah. "What's your purpose?" And like, because <laughs> when you say you're just coming for tourism, they're like, "Yeah, right. What are you guys actually doing?" Like, <laughs> yeah, like I just imagine like. like Sorry, yeah, just like a family of five showing up in North Korea, and they're gonna be like, "Are you guys staying, or what? What's going on? Like, this yeah, is weird, yeah, right? yeah. unusual." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, it's really funny, actually, because sometimes, like, like the whole onward flight thing. I don't know if you've ever had issues with that, but we tend to only buy one-way flights because we don't know how long we want to stay in a country and such. And so that becomes always a challenge when you're going through because a lot of countries want to know you're leaving, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've had it sometimes escalated to like the whatever you call them, the people, the the security guys. What are the what do you call them? Oh yeah, uh... the border guys. Border uh, the border people. control yeah 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 so like we've had to escalate and then like get our passports handed off to these people and then like explain like what are you doing you know <laughs> have you ever <laughs> been taken really in an airport to one of those like the back room insecurity like i've had that happen yes. where they're like we're going to question you more. Oh, you've, oh, so you've had that. Yes. That but sadly that was the U S to uh, Canada to U S border. Okay. So this is really bad. <laughs> yeah. I was the, the U S is the country I 
sorry to say, but it's the one I get the most nervous about, like, seriously, because they've detained me once and then questioned me for three hours over like, it's ridiculous. I'm like, I'm Canadian. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was a long time ago. So, but I That's still fun. get nervous every time I go through. That's funny. I have in Canada, I, the times that I've been, they ask the most questions with the, the border control. They ask a lot of questions. Like, it's 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 almost I'm like oh maybe they think I'm some interesting person but no they do that every time and they just ask you like a it's ton so of questions. Yeah, it's getting easier in some some places because now they have all these like scans and things and you just kind of put your paper through. But um, it, it's really weird. Like the countries that have given me the most hard time has either been my home country or the U.S. And like every other country, they just kind of like look at you. Some don't even look. They just go stamp here you go and yeah. off you go. Like you know. Um, yeah, it's, isn't that strange? I don't know why it's like that, but it is. Yeah, it's always a weird yeah. question, like, why are you visiting? It's like, well, a lot of times it's like, I want to see this place, you know? And they just look at you like that's the wrong answer. Like, no, I, I don't know why, you know? <laughs> it's like, they, they, it's it's always a kind of a weird thing that you go through when you, you they're like questioning why you would want to visit. And like, well, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and always. like you don't fit in the box, right? So you're not like in a, any checkbox for them to check off. So sometimes it's just like, you know, they'll say things like, where are you flying to next? And then you say, and they're like, well, why aren't you going back to your home? And we're like, because we're not. And they're like, well, when are you going? And I'm like, we don't know, you know, and then they start asking friends, like, it's none of their business, but they want to know. And then you you feel obliged to tell them. Um, and then it throws them off. And then they're like, well, you're going to have to go speak to my supervisor. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> it becomes really funny. And then you get really nervous because you're like, oh, crap, what if I can't get in? You know what I mean? Yeah, there's like so, a cascade effect where you're getting nervous and then you're like, uh, yeah. I shouldn't be nervous, but yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. It's funny. So, I, you know, it's hard It's hard to ask questions to, to someone who's been to so many places. It, it, I, I'm going to default to the ones that I hear a lot, which are what are your, what are your favorite places, least favorite places favorites. if you want to share, you know. Um, Ooh. That's kind of mean. I feel really bad when I say my least favorite because then people are like, that's so mean, you know, because it's well, not about the people. It's sometimes about like the actual country, you know, and it's the government that really needs to clean up their acts. And we'll stick up, to the right? best. Then, then let's okay, stick, let's to, stick the to the best. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the best, um, sometimes their governments are really bad, but then we just love the country. And it's it, yep. like your best often, and you probably will agree, it's always about like those memories that you created there or the people that you met or like some cool thing that you did there. That's what becomes like that memorable experience. Then you just love that country, right? Others, it could be like, you just really love the food and you really love the mm -hmm. atmosphere or the, the whatever. And then others, it could be like, so that could be for many reasons, right? But on to answer your question, on the top of my list is usually, um, so I love many in Europe, but Switzerland and Spain, I really, really love. And then I really enjoyed being in Nicaragua. Um, it's very different. And I just really love this one little area we were. And again, it's because of the experiences we've had. Love Mexico, New Zealand, and Uzbekistan. <laughs> in, nice. That's a, a list of a lot of countries I haven't been to yet. So that's that. now you've got me curious. Oh, yeah. Cool. There you go. So, um, so, so you said it was specific things, you know, memories that you had in each place. Yeah. And like, cause sometimes like 
you might go to a country and for another person, it might be something they really don't enjoy. But for us, we really enjoyed it. So for example, if I pick Nicaragua, there wasn't like a proper grocery store nearby or like all those box stores that you could have. And it was a totally different way of living where, you know, we wake up, we go to the beach, we go to the little bakery, we go to the fish market to get the food. And, you know, like it was just like, it was so different um, that we really enjoyed it. You know what I mean? And we had this really cool group of people that were there that we hung out with every day. So it became like a really neat experience that we enjoyed. And then for other people, they might go there and it might be nothing like what they want or are looking for. So it's really individualized, right? When you ask somebody what their favorite country is, obviously. Um, and then other places it's because of the food and like the atmosphere of the people and how joyful they are. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's the cost of living. Like if I think of Thailand. I love Thailand because everything's so cheap and you can go get a massage and you can go out for dinner and like really enjoy yourself. And there's beautiful beaches. And so now I have to say Thailand too. Right. But so it, it just depends. Like obviously Switzerland, if you're talking about cost of living, it's the worst country to go to, but it's so beautiful. And, um, you know, we won't talk about the Swiss people and I'm allowed to say that because I'm half Swiss, <laughs> but they're not like the most like open and friendly group of people, you know? So <laughs> anyway, yeah. But super punctual, you know. You have the you have clean streets. Uh, the the trains run on time, like to an upset, like a crazy. I I, I have this. I I'll never forget one of the first times I went to Switzerland. It was like the train. You know, it had a sign. It was supposed to be there at like twelve thirty four, twelve thirty three. Yeah. I see the train pulling in, and it stops. Like it doesn't pull up to the platform, and then it the clock turns. You know, twelve thirty four, and then it pulls up to the platform. It, it wasn't going to be early. It was going to be right on time or not at all. <laughs> and I was well, like, well, that ties into the people. Like my uncle, when they are invited to any kind of event or anything, they will not show up early. So they will park along the street up above and wait and then go to the house. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> That's just the way they are. It's so yeah. different. Yeah. I yeah. I have readjusted my punctuality after spending a lot of time in in Europe, especially in in Germany and and you know Scandinavia. So I'm wondering, do you like as a family? Do you guys fall into the little bit late, lot late on time? How how does what's your clock? You know, how does the clock run? Uh, when it becomes when it's work related, on time, just mm -hmm. because. I've grown up that way, like, you, you know, but uh, when it's social, we say we're Spanish. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we're like, uh, no. <laughs> we, and it's more relaxed that way, like, just show up whenever and, you know, <laughs> yeah, show there, up late. It's all there's, good. There's Spanish time and then there's uh, the other opposite, ex not opposite, but at the extreme of that is like Brazilian time where it's like, you know, <laughs> it's like three hours late is okay. In Spain, yeah. it's like an hour, maybe 90 minutes. Depends how far south yeah. you go in Spain, you know. Oh, my gosh. I have such a funny story around that. So my friend, she's from Uruguay, but she lives in Switzerland and pretty much spent most of her life <laughs> there. And so her friends in Uruguay will be like, just come on over. And she'll be like, but what time? And then they'll be like, oh, dude, you're way too Swiss. Like, just come over when you want. And she's like, okay, well, like in the afternoon. And then they're like, are you serious? Just show up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, what can I bring? 
just show up. Okay. And they're just like, stop acting like a Swiss person, you know? So like, it's just like, and then she said, when she got there, people are just coming here an hour, then another hour up to like midnight, they just show up, they leave, you know, she said, nothing was like organized, you know? So in, in her mind, she's like, this isn't a party should be like, you come at this time. And, you know, it's just so funny and yeah. it's, it's a good experience too like you know as, as if you travel to a lot of places to realize that the cultural clock everywhere is a little bit different you know it's it mm -hmm. it's not the same everywhere and it that can be one of the most that uh, i guess what culture shocking things that you come across for a lot of people yeah and that, like you just end up adapting i think naturally i don't know if you found that too is like you if you're in spain then all of a sudden you're eating at midnight and that becomes like your normal and you're like this is really crazy and then in another country you know nothing's open after eight or nine and then so you eat at six or you know all the whole siestas and all that kind of stuff like do you find that you end up just adapting to where you are yeah, it, it, I'm just like in Spain, they eat at 10 p.m. at dinner, like it's it's normal. It's just like, you're like, okay, yeah. I guess that's the way it's going to work. You know, it's, it's uh, you, you just fall into that schedule. It's the easiest way. If you try to resist it, you're not going to win. I mean, the culture is already there, so you might as well just go with it. And, and siesta is kind of a great thing. I think everywhere in the world should adopt siesta. I think it is one of, it's just like the greatest idea ever, and it seems to work sort of yeah, apparently but. Einstein used to take lots of naps yeah there you go that, that that's a great endorsement for for naps yeah I think there I think go. I think it's yeah it, it fits the body clock you know when at the time of the day when you have this sort of natural dip and uh yeah yeah, yeah I know and in, in our okay, kind of like a western world we just resort to like a coffee right it's like instead of like just going to take even like a 10 15 minute nap and there's like all these really cool um like meditation apps and all these even just like on youtube just google whatever and then you listen to like even 10 15 minutes you just feel so refreshed just by like relaxing for that little time frame i find it really product productive yeah my, so my I, friends I do that. i'm a big fan of it yeah napping is great i'm a big fan of napping uh but my my friends in southern spain they tell me the key to siesta is 20 minutes napping that, that's oh, what they, they said you don't want to sleep too yeah. long and then you're you're out and you don't want to yeah. you know you're 20 just like, minutes it's like just right. like relax yeah and it's like naturally that's usually what i do anyway like i don't even set a timer i just like it's like i'm not like a pro pro napper but i do because right? i'm more <laughs> of a coffee drinker but i do tend to take naps and i find it's just so effective and so good and then you can keep going so much more than trying trying to resist that oh i'm so tired kind of feeling yeah it's good we should like make a pro nap movement yeah i i think it it definitely should be a thing it uh, people yeah. in southern spain are they seem really happy and if they're yeah. not they're really hiding it well because they have a really nice lifestyle 100 i agree yeah so taking, taking on youtube is its own like its own beast you know it's it's yeah. something that i wish i had done way earlier in my travels um and i find it is a lot of work you know uh, filming and uh, editing and all of these things how did you decide to i'm going to make a youtube channel and then yeah you know how to focus it well because we didn't want to keep traveling to be honest we'll start off like how can we write off our travels and make this like a business because we want we're like we want to travel as our business we want to like make travel you know, so we're thinking of apps and what can we create and what can we do and blah, blah, blah. And then um, 
so one was like, like I said, we didn't realize how big YouTube was until we started like looking at that. And then our kids, they were just all over YouTube watching YouTube videos. And we kept seeing all these other people were like, oh, we can easily do that. Like we have the ability to, I mean, we weren't into video editing like we are now, but we could outsource it in the beginning until we learned what we were doing and like, you know, some of those things. And then, um, but yeah, so it, like you said, it's its own beast because it's like non-stop work. There's so much more involved than what we or maybe thought was involved. Um, but now that everything's rolling and going, it's become so much more fun than my traditional work that I love it. And then it gives us purpose, right? When you're out there, you're you're going to like, you know, share what you're experiencing in different places and it becomes fun. And um, yeah. So what was your question though about it? Like how did it well, evolve into it or? Yeah, I guess, I mean, I can kind of break it down a little bit easier. Like how does a video shoot look like from, you know, the idea to it getting uploaded, you know, what, what's uh, the process? Well, because, yeah. So I wish we were more like, I wish I could tell you that I'm like such a good storyteller and then we like have it all planned out and whatever, because that's what we're working towards. Okay. So maybe they'll be getting better as we go, but Ideally, like we're going to a city, right? So we go to Kochi in India, or we go to Munar in India, and we know that we're going to be there. So we always will research some of the fun things to do and uh, see basically in that area because we don't want to make our videos just, you know, kind of boring, right? So you want to showcase some of the fun things to see and do. So often it's a, it's about that. We kind of pre-research it a little bit, and then we get to those places. We film them, and it's just our own experience there. Um, so sometimes we have like cool talking points. Other times we have like a driver that'll help us and tell us the cool talking points to share. Um, and then so we film it and from our perspective, and then comes the video editing. And that's like the biggest chunk. Um, then the other thing is like, we're backlogged on our video production. So like we could easily be pumping out one a day, like easily. Um, but we only post one a week at the moment, just because of how much work goes into making a video. So yeah, like there's yeah. the whole production, right? So getting all the footage and we film on different devices, we try to keep it simple, um, but we do film a lot. And then you want to find the right music and then, I don't know, all of that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'll leave a link to the YouTube channel so people can check it out. Oh, and yeah. Watch, go watch check your it. Videos. It's called Growing Up Without Borders. Yeah. You have to go check it out. Yeah. It's and really that, taking off nicely. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it's a lot of work to make a video, especially when you're traveling, because you don't know what's going to happen, right? Like you can go to a restaurant or you can go to an event or a place, but you don't really know what's going to happen. And then you've got to, film enough to where you can make that into some kind of story that you're going to edit. And then the editing takes a bunch of time and then uploading yeah. it, depending on where you are, you know, <laughs> speed and yeah. And then like hard drives, like we, you know, when you're traveling, we should have those hard drives that are without the little needle, mm -hmm. you know, that goes around or whatever, but um, most of my hard drives aren't like that. And so we back it up to the cloud so that there's double backup, but I've had like three hard drives, like just flop on me. And then mm. it's just like the ones that wasn't actually backed up yet because we didn't do it. And so we've learned the hard way, but yeah, that's like all those key things. And then having enough internet to be able to back it all up. Right. And of course the cameras become, are getting better and better. So then your quality is better, which takes us more space and like but yeah, it's all part of the process, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a progression you can see in a lot of YouTube channels, um, especially from the beginning where people are nervous on camera and then they get more comfortable and then they go oh they get more enthusiastic because 
you you want to be more upbeat on camera and and so on and then the quality True. gets a little bit better too you you notice yeah yeah totally that's that's happened with us and then soon like hopefully we'll be like really cool storytellers like i you know obviously we watch other youtube uh, people and they're like man are they ever good like obviously they planned it all out and like they're they're following a script and it's just so well like presented mm-hmm. that i'm like that's who i want to become like you know so i just just got to upper your your game, right? And learn how to be a storyteller, I guess, or learn how to like script something, you know? So yeah. Yeah. But it's just, all self-taught. So yeah, it just takes, I think it just takes, you know, repetition, just practice and just, you know, making video after video. Um, Cause even if you go back like a year, you probably look at your videos and like, Oh God, that was terrible. And then you look at now you're like, that was a great one. And then a year later, you yeah. know, you look back. Um, what what kind of equipment are you using? Uh, what cameras or microphones? Yeah, so we're just using like a, a Rode mic um, uh, on a GoPro, usually with a media mod. Um, we have a Canon when we're just like doing still. But because we're moving all the time, um, I don't want to ha- carry something heavy. Like my purse is heavy enough when we're on the go all the time. So we literally try to keep it to a minimal amount. We should be filming with a professional Canon camera like I'm using right now to do this meeting but we don't because it's too heavy and I don't want to carry it around and I also like to be inconspicuous so we're not like the typical vloggers that have like the big camera and the big mic and whatever I don't like having a crowd that's like what are you guys doing so I like to be like kind of like nonchalantly filming and everything like that and maybe I'll change eventually but for now that's what we do and then um, we just use our phones so we just film b-roll sometimes with a phone and a gimbal keep it super simple and um yeah, I just started trying the Insta360, which is really cool. That kind of does like the really cool 360 shots. So yeah, just a little bit of everything depending on where we are. And um, it's interesting because like with my Rode mic that I'm using, it actually started breaking. And when we were traveling, I couldn't find a reseller for Rode. And mm-hmm. so I did so many videos just with the media mod. And I'm really nervous to edit those because I'm like, oh crap, it's going to be like you know, maybe bad audio. So hopefully people will like forgive us for that. But I literally, it wasn't until, and we did a lot of the Caribbean and it wasn't until we were in Barbados and I went to like a same store that Rihanna shops at for her equipment. I'm like, oh, they have it. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> so that was cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. The, I, I started using the X3, the Insta360 and I've used my GoPro like twice since I just, it, it's taken over. I mean, it's so versatile. You can just have it running and it's very inconspicuous because you can just leave it running all the time and focus on in the editing what you want to focus on Um, wow but what about the audio are you finding it good yeah honestly i find the microphone better than the gopro microphone if it's close enough to you so you know when you extend it out it's it's not picking up the greatest audio but it's pretty Mm -hmm. good it's surprisingly good um, I find because like it doesn't really have any. I have it somewhere here, but it doesn't really have like a noticeable, you know, microphone like slot that, that you, you know, a big one or anything like that. So, yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's great. Well, yeah, because like I just put the mic on to the media mod, so mm-hmm. then I know I have a good mic. But okay, I'm gonna try it more and use it. Yeah. I just got mine not too long ago, so it's really cool. Cool. So where's next? So you're in New Zealand now. What's where's the next? Okay. So we are going to be going to the Pacific Islands, um, and then after that, we're trying to hop back through towards Europe to get into um, Japan and probably Korea. And we want to get to Nepal, Bhutan, Bangladesh, uh, Jordan, Saudi, 
kind of all that. And then we're going to be in Europe and then we're going to hit um, Africa. So that is the plan. Is that for which can change like a, like a year plan or six months? I'm yeah. just, okay. Yep. About a year. So like last year we did 30 countries, 20, I think we're new, but we hit up 30, which is pretty amazing. Like we were, mm -hmm. we're really actually really surprised about how much we were able to do because it was just like coming out of COVID. We're all like getting our feet wet again. We're like, can we really do this? Um, so we left in April. We got stuck in New Zealand, by the way, during COVID. So we spent mm. like two years here. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, it's cool. So then from April till January, like that's what we did. Wow. So, so it seems like just we don't know how it happened, but we were able to check that many. Oh, I, I think uh, the connection cut for a second. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised that Zoom so. lasted lasted this long. So it it always it likes to just hiccup at some point, no matter no matter what I do. So, um, but it seems like you've got a pretty wow. good plan and a fast pace. Whoops. I see the little box where you, there you go. Okay. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. Super weird. Just when you started saying, just when you started saying <laughs> yeah. it glitches. Oh my it, gosh. It was really it, weird. It always picks a time to glitch. Uh, I'll, I'll just <laughs> mention that when I do the intro for the show. Um, yeah. So um, cool. So it sounds like you've got a, a, a great plan that you've got a good pace as well. Um, and you're going to do this all five of you, I think that is, uh, it's really impressive. It's a really impressive amount of travel and to be able to coordinate uh, with oh my gosh. kids of different it's, ages. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much work. I won't like, you know, obviously it's, it comes at a price, right? So to organize it all, to actually like plan it all out and figure it all out, there's a lot of backend that gets put into it that, you know, people don't realize, especially if you have a vlog, they think, oh, you're just out there oh, having fun, whatever. But like to make that all happen, like obviously we, we spent a lot of hours um, figuring it all out. And then, yeah. So we're just pretty nonstop, right? Yeah. <laughs> pretty yeah. intense. Yeah. It's either you're drafting a video, filming a video or editing a video, right? Like that's kind of how YouTube works. <laughs> yep. 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 hundred percent. So is YouTube the best place for people to find you anywhere else that they should go check, check out? Um... Definitely. Like, yeah. So we were shut down from Instagram for a while, uh, but we're back. They shut us down for 10 months, but we're back. So growing up without borders, uh, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, but uh, we definitely see the comments on YouTube and we see Instagram as well. So those are like the predominant ones and TikTok. The girls do a lot of TikToks now as well. So that's more for just fun, silly things, but yeah, everything growing up without borders. So cool. And I'll leave links to every, everywhere people can find you in the show notes and, uh, happy and safe travels. Um, I, I see that you're at least in terms of YouTube, you're still in India. So the, the India videos are, are, are in queue. So people can check yep. those out. Yep. 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 We're posting probably like pre, I mean, post trips. So we're a little bit mm -hmm. behind, but yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I really enjoyed our conversation. It's just really interesting to, to how you've been able to travel to so many places and, and just make 
you know that that goal that you had a reality you know so that that's it's really fascinating and just inspiring as well yeah awesome if anyone has any questions like reach out in case anyone watching wants to know more or needs more maybe help or encouragement or whatever so feel free to reach out at any time and thanks so much for having me Thanks, Chantel, for being a guest on the Fox Noet podcast. And thank all of you for listening. If you haven't already, leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. There's probably a zillion others. In fact, there are. I'm not going to name them all for you. All right. Until the next episode, I hope you have a great rest of your day.